Hi there. Thanks for checking out the New Life Speakers Meeting podcast. All of our speakers are recorded live at our AA meeting held on Friday nights at 8 p.m. at the Atonement Church in Wyoming, Pennsylvania. Our group is self-supporting for the seventh tradition, so if you enjoy this podcast, please consider donating. You can do this with either Venmo or PayPal at New Life Speakers. Links to these can be found on our website at newlifespeakers.org. We greatly appreciate your generosity. More information about recovery and our upcoming events can also be found on our website. Again, that's newlifespeakers.org. If you know someone in need, please share this with them. And thanks for listening. Hey, guys. I'm Clint, and I'm an alcoholic. So this is... You, you met last week also, right? Okay. Cool. It's good that uh, you guys are starting this thing back up. It's always... Uh, I don't know. This whole this whole thing has been a trip, right? Uh, but we're starting to get the ball rolling again. And, um, you know, I knew... Being in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, being an alcoholic, really... Uh, was great with all this epidemic stuff because uh, there was always that. There was always that contact with God. There was always a contact whether I could meet with somebody personally or not. Um, And the fact is, I I could. I could have met with somebody personally this whole time. Um, There were groups that were open. You know, they just ran like normal. They actually went back to the good old days, started smoking and all that stuff, you know. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, becoming its own thing too. It's interesting, very interesting times. So, um, but yes, yeah, one of the, what did we talk about, uh, doing the thing <laughs> outside? I think we want to talk a little bit about doing the thing because we can all relate to that, right? I know you guys pretty well. I guess some of you I got to know a little better, but, uh, Doing the thing, we're, we're, uh, there's a uh, friend that we all know, uh, and he's doing the thing. So what the thing is, is, uh, well, I boil that down to uh, trying to have a human power uh, relieve me of my alcoholism. It's, uh, you know, the A, B, and C's, um, and it's in there, and that's kind of what it says. No human power could have relieved me of my alcoholism. And that's been my story. I tried it, tried it, tried it, tried it. I mean, I was young, um, and I got sober and stuff. And I was like, yeah, every, I'm cool with changing my life, but, you know, my as far as my sex conduct goes or whatever, you're not going to tell me what to do, and I'm, I'm good. Like, it's one of them things I yetted, you know, I'll yet, yet, yet. They say that in the 12 and 12. Not, not willing to give this up yet. And uh, really, I yet it too long because it, it became just like the drink after a while. I wanted to say no. I needed to say no, and I couldn't. You know, I thought I had a whole nother problem on my hands and everything else. I thought I had to go to a whole nother program and this and that. And I thought all this and that. But really, I talked to people, and they just said, you're suffering from untreated alcoholism, man. You know, that's what it is. We have steps to work through that. And it's just about working them. And, and it, it, I'll tell you what, like for me, the, uh, the reason I would, I would look for something outside of myself, a human power, 
to relieve me of my alcoholism and I feel it was that that inner like discomfort that's what it was it's stuff that was there from day one really that made me just not right or whatever um always felt different always felt ashamed uh ever since I knew there was a heaven and a hell I knew I was going to hell like it's just pre-programmed shit really but hey that's that's how I was programmed and that's what I thought so then I got sober and I'm not able to run from that with substances and such like that um I needed something you know even even to this day it's about coping but it's about coping in ways that you know it doesn't have to ruin your life or you know coping that you don't have to go so far down to misuse things to be more, to use them to be more than they're they're meant to be like a good coping mechanism for me at times because I do misuse it but you know uh, most people just if you're able to like take a nap man like I'm good with taking a nap uh, but sometimes I don't like I don't want to get up you know but um, a lot of, you know that, that that doesn't it's not ruining my life you know to take a nap sometimes can it can it put some you know heaviness on my my relationships and stuff I mean sometimes like if I'm needed but you know I just try to do what I can and, and then get back up and do what needs to be done um, so there's there's good coping mechanisms but the one that that really brought to brought me to my knees just like alcoholism was trying to use a human power and it uh man i mean i didn't think there was anything wrong with it i thought it was my kind of like my birthright (laughs) you know uh i'm just doing it because i can man like what the hell (laughs) right um it's uh like if i was using the other thing that like I'm not good with math, but I can do one and one, you know, two and stuff. But, like, if she's using me and I'm using her, then, like, if there's a penalty, it offsets, right? You know, that's that was that sounded like math to me in an in a equal equation. But, no, it's uh, things like that. It just doesn't, it wears on you, you know. And, it, and then before you know it, you're in this cycle again. And it, all it is is defects of character, man. And all it is is uh, a lesser form of the seven deadly sins. Um, I was trying to to use my sex conduct to fulfill that hole inside me, and that's not what it's for. Um, you know, the best, uh, the best, uh, the best way I heard it explained of what sex conduct or sex conduct is is. Uh, or sex is is to forward or how to how to use it properly is to procreate and recreate. So for procreation and recreation, you know, have a good time, maybe have a kid or two. You know, that's it. Anything beyond that, it's misused. And if I misuse it, um, then eventually uh, that's when the wheels fall off. It's like anything else. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, my story, I got got sober young. 
and I did my fourth step and you know of course these things red flags up on my on that side of it of doing the thing and stuff and and I was like well I was 19 I mean shit and uh so it goes on and and I would I would do I would I would be an act in relationships because I could you know the whole like I said penalties offset you know we're using each other stuff like that everything seems to be okay um but i i always when i felt it would always be late at night of course right i'm by myself and that's when i get that itch and you know would want to scratch it you know what i mean and it's like uh so i would then inevitably scratch it but then i found myself so i was i a lot of people know kind of what my story is but i'll, I'll divulge a little bit of it i got sober uh, stayed here for a year you know no big changes your first year and stuff like that just uh, I did I did what I was told to do as best I can and it, at, as really really as best I can like to the T he said change one thing everything and you know I changed like my hair was long I grew I mean my hair was short I grew it long you know I I had my, I would always have like things in my pocket a certain way and I switched them and stuff and just stupid shit like that. And, um, but it wasn't stupid. Uh, and I worked the steps and I, I did it the way it needed to be done. In hindsight, I did it because I wanted to prove it wrong. You know, that's, that's what, what my driving force was. Cause if I proved it wrong, I knew like I was destined to be in hell and, and I was hopeless and stuff like that. And by doing it, it worked well, really well. Um, it did. It gave me a, a sense of being okay. That hole was filled and stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, I felt like uh, really a, a whole life has changed. But now I'm young. I needed to become a productive member of society, you know, and learn how to I don't know, learn how to be an adult and stuff. So, but, so that one year, I didn't really do anything big except plug in. And um, after, they don't say anything so much about the second year. I haven't, haven't heard anybody <laughs> talk about the second year. So, uh, and I, if they were going to tell me something about the second year, I would have been like, well, I don't see that anywhere. I didn't see anything about the first year, but I believed them and wanted to really do it right. So the second year... I'm gone, man. Like, it's, you know, I, my plan was uh, to go to college um, to, as a trade, become a chef. When I was in, I went, when I was in high school, I did some, some schooling for that. And we went up to Providence, Rhode Island. They have Johnson and Wales up there. It's a culinary college. And I was applying and stuff and seeing the paperwork. And I saw up on the top, it also said North Miami, Florida. And I was like, so what's what's this North Miami thing? Like, you know, what do you have? Why is that on the paperwork? And they're like, oh, we have a campus down there. I was like, oh, you do? I didn't know. You know, I just knew. I, I went up to Providence. I knew it was up there. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of tired of freezing my ass off. I'd like to, can I go? And they're like, yeah. So um, I decided, you know, I did the, the paperwork to apply. They, they accepted me. And... Uh, now I'm in AA, you know, I've been in an AA, and I, I tell people, hey, I'm going to do this. And they're like, that's cool, go. Which was great. 
Because I had, again, I was t- still testing things. I was like, yeah, they're going to tell me, oh, you can't do that. You need to be with us. And now we got you. And now you can't live life, you know, or whatever. And uh, they said they, the exact opposite, man. They, I mean, back then, they still had like this phone book thing. Uh, and it was, they actually had it in, in the cabinet. Uh, it was uh, all the GSRs of like the Northeast. And um, so I looked down, I looked at North Miami and called up this guy. They said, like, hey, is AA down there? He's like, yeah, you know, there's a couple clubhouses and stuff. So I went down there and uh, hooked up with this guy. And, and uh, I didn't even visit the college. That's the other thing. I didn't know anything about, like, financial aid or anything like that. So I went in um, also to start orientation, different things. And at some point, they were like, uh, Mr. Stubblebine, that'll be like $28,000. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let me just pull that out of my ass I, you know so luckily I was able to uh, my, my grandfather like co-signed something and signed my life away and it worked out pretty good uh, I mean I it, it is what it is but I would have saved a good bit of money if I had known a little better but what is money you know what, it, we were talking this morning about uh, at the nooner at easy does it uh, it was about uh, being uh, recovered, recovering from a hopeless state of mind and body. So, yeah, we've recovered from a hopeless state, right, of mind and body. It's, it's not that we've recovered from alcoholism and we're good and we're, we're right thinking and stuff like that. We come in this room... And ever since I came in this room, I got hope, and I never lost it. You know, that's what that's what that means to me. So we've recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. And when I'm talking about money going down to Florida, the other part, the other thing that is very similar is that uh, we uh, we don't fear uh, fear of economic insecurity will leave us. So the fear of economic insecurity will leave us but not necessarily the economic insecurity, right? So, I mean, that's, that's cool, too. It's just like, it's like being, being a billionaire, right? Because they feel free. <laughs> when, you, when you're not in fear, you're free, right? So, um, and I, that's been my experience left and right. It's, it's kind of amazing. But, I, you know, I realize if I got to work regular to... to to really um, to feel more at at ease with that too, he can't. I don't know. I'll just let that roll off. But anyway, so <laughs> I'm down. I'm down there, and they're uh, they ask me for money, and I sign my life away and stuff. And, uh, you know, learn to trade. Uh, I uh, I hit some meetings. I got got busy. Uh, not in AA though. That's the thing. Uh, I got busy with with college, and I got busy with uh, working full time, and I got busy with a, a new Chiquita girlfriend, you know. And uh, got busy with uh, like I had this this van back in the day, man. I miss it. Thanks so much, man. It, it got it got it was totaled down there, uh, but it was a Chevy G20. So these things were 
they had captain seats and then a bench in the back. And, you know, I, I used to fill it up and go to meetings and stuff and, and uh, just the whole thing. Uh, and that's actually how I met my girlfriend. They were going to bus us over to do this orientation. And I was like, I'm not going on a bus. Christ, got a van or, you know, I, everything. So I drove in behind the bus. I seen people kind of sitting on the side. I was like, hey, you want to? It wasn't creepy back then. Hey, you want to ride in the back of my van? You know, I was young. So, you know. If I, I couldn't pull it off nowadays, you know, they'd be like, uh, so that worked out all right. But what didn't work out all right, I had to, it's about a balance. And if you're balancing, it looks like this. I haven't, if you figure it out how to actually balance, you know, that, or, you know, on, on the beam of, of life that, you know, you're able to kind of just walk it, please let me know. But balance for me. Like once you once you, you once you take your focus off of something, something else is getting at you. That's just life, man. You know, I've been saying to my kids, life isn't fair from ever since they were born, um, and I'm still saying it. And uh, I want to say it too. I, I agree with them. I'm like, yeah, it, it isn't fair. It does suck, you know. But uh, it is, you know. What are you gonna do about it? Kind of move on. Um, but I got down there and I did achieve some pretty cool goals. Uh, there was this brand new hotel. It was off in the distance. You could go 95, you could see this hotel and it was big, uh, five-star resort type thing. And I said, I wanted to work there, you know? So I ended up working there. So now I'm full-time school, college, full-time, uh, working, you know, full-time girlfriend, part-time, sometime going to meetings and stuff. And I remember driving, it, like, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm living, like, finally, I'm, I'm doing right. You know, in the material world, I was on fire, right? I had everything. But I was driving down 95, and this voice in the back of my head, like, screaming, you're gonna drink. I'm glad I heard it that day, because... And I, I, I was, I was stressed the hell out, you know. And I, I, there was no, like I, I was, just stressed and and not, not feeling serene, you know. And that doesn't do well for me. Luckily, I heard that voice and um, pulled out of some things. You know, I, I dropped the one class and, and plugged back in, and uh, you know, went to uh, went to the clubhouse and different things. And so again. Like, that was the balance. The balance was, I wasn't working, I was a bum. Now I'm learning, I'm going to school, and I'm working, so I'm not a bum. But now I'm doing it too much, so I gotta come down here. I mean, when I was a bum, dude, I, I was I was balanced. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't working. I, I, I was down at the shore, like, for weeks. Because people, like this guy, I was like, hey, can I get a ride down on the shore? We were going to go down for the day. They'd take me down. And, I, and then, I, you know, I got to know people. And they, they were like, yeah, we're staying. We're coming down. Oh, can I stay with you? Yeah, and I stayed at their, at their hotel and their hotel and this and that. It was just like bumming, man. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have to worry about, you know, much other than myself. Um you know, but then you do the thing and you worry about a little bit more. Um, and the thing is, it's a part of life. It's about growing up. It's about, 
you know, um, we want to relate. We want to we want to share life with each other, with somebody, right? Uh, you know, I wanted to share life with with somebody even down in in Miami, but I, I knew I wasn't ready for commitment yet. And you know, I, she was again. I was very. I was always honest with my relationships. It wasn't never like, oh, I love you and be with you forever just so I can get in your pants. Like, no. It's if you don't want it, you know, next. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, so then I come home and uh, I had to finish off like an internship. Nine eleven happened, kind of screwed up my very cool internship I was supposed to do. I was supposed to go over to Vienna, Austria, and uh, do cook over there. And uh, so, long story short, with all this is, uh, I, I I finished out here and then got. You know the pits of it here again because I was at the inn at Reading and that place was okay and it, it just I was like no I I'm, I didn't do all this to come back here again and just kind of fizzle out um, so then I I got hooked up I could work on a cruise ship out in Hawaii I did that so now you take everything I just told you and turn it up to you know ten you know if it can go above ten do that. Because it's just this powder keg of, uh, of all that pushed into a ship, you know. They, uh, the, the crew bar, social quarters, you know, they, there's a bartender there. And there's, uh, um, there's like a, a, like a gate, almost like a jail cell type of thing that he's serving out of. <laughs> so people don't grab over and stuff like that. And it would get rowdy here and there. I'd go in. I was still, you know, I didn't drink, right? But uh, I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was sober because I was using, you know, I was using others, using human power, really. And uh, um, so, I mean, hey, how am I going to meet these humans? I got to meet where they're at. <laughs> so the crew bar it was uh, it was an interesting place to say the least, and. Um, they actually talked about closing it down and the captain, you know, like, and, and the people that do the, the numbers and stuff, they're like, we can't close that down, man. That's like over half of our profit, you know? So that goes to show you like the culture of it all. Um, you know, they're making, they were paying us, but they were, you know, we were giving it back to them and stuff. And, uh, just, uh, inexperienced to say the least. So I'm, you know, I'm just this powder keg of, of uh, defects of character, man. Pick one, give it a shot, you know, see if it works. They all work. They do all work. Uh, and then they can all work you at some point if, if you give it too much power. Simple as that. Um, the end result of all that culminated to me being in paradise you know, in Hawaii, and then just feeling alone again, having to deal with myself. That this whole time, this whole story since, since like first year of sobriety on, has been me running from myself. You know, for for whatever reason, you know, I, I've come to find out some reasons and delve. You know, just got to know who I was, type of thing. And now I'm okay with who I am and. And, and don't need really anything. Um, you know, it's, it's 
It doesn't own me anymore. Shit used to own me. I mean, like I said, there was a time where I, I wanted to say no. I needed to say no. And this is to a relationship. And I couldn't. Sounds just like the drink, right? You know? And it, it, it had that much power. Uh, and um, if I didn't get right with it, I was going to end up drinking. That's about the, the the only thing I did 100%. And really, I guess that's what they say. You only have to do the first step 100%. And you, you do get a shot. There's always hope. And that's kind of what we talked about a little bit, too, in town. Um, you know, once you drink, kind of lose hope or try to lose hope. But then it rattles around your brain. can't even get drunk right and stuff. That's got to be horrible. Luckily, I've, I've yet to do all that fun stuff. But, uh, so yeah, I'm out in paradise, uh, and I'm thinking it'd be nice to, to really have some substance in my life. All this was just, it was just like fluff. It was just not, you know, it wasn't tangible. Uh, it was all materialistic. It was all money and, and, and just, uh, a, uh, a quick, quick, quick fling, quick relationship, whatever. And um, so it, that kind of fucked with me. I mean, it, these were goals, like life goals, too. They tell you in here, write your goals. And those were some big ones that I achieved. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where I I uh, I, I do get delusional. I, I, would, I would get delusional. I don't think I get delusional so much anymore. I try to keep it's it's pretty real for me. But back then, I was all about the knight in shining armor, you know, the all that stuff. I and I thought I would I would achieve these goals working on, you know, a, a five-star resort and all this, you know, I'm wearing a big hat and everything and there's this prestige and this and that and all that and I thought I would get there and then I would live happily ever after right like that's how all fantasy stories are and uh it's so funny because uh it was shrek and uh back it was back then it was fairly new shrek like two or whatever and uh one of the princes or he just he was like i just want my happily ever after and when he said that like i felt that i was like yes I want that too. I just want my happily ever after, you know. But that's that's not this life. It may be a different life, but you know, this life is always, you know, okay, juggling and all okay, right. I'm over here. Yep, all that. It's interesting stuff. But I was in kind of in hell out in out in Hawaii. Uh, just feeling alone. You know, I I just travel, um, hook up with a girl and stuff, and come back. I thought that would help a little bit. No, <laughs> it's just uh, interesting stuff, man. So I come back home, and what's interesting with with me and and traveling and and I actually just talked to an army brat type of guy, and he he lived out in Hawaii in different places, and and I said I asked him and. I, when you get to talk to people that have traveled and been to places and, and, and things and spent some good time there, um, you know, they get real. And, and I said, you know, of all the places, where would you want to live? 
and uh, and he said like upstate New York, he'd really like to to live there. I was like, not Hawaii and everything. I'm, I know why, but I just why you know why not Hawaii? Why not you know this place and that place? He's like, you know, it's it's nice, it's paradise, but you know, after a while, it is an island. You have to work your ass off just to live there, so you're not even able to enjoy it half the time. Um, and uh, yeah, you know that, and also the seasons don't change. That messed with me, man. Even in Hawaii, uh, even in uh, Miami. Uh, the other thing about Miami, I mean, in Hawaii they have them, but in Miami it's flat, just flat, flat, flat. Growing up here in the in the valleys and stuff, I. And then I come to find out, I did the DNA test thing. Uh, my ancestors were part of the people that actually helped settle Berks County and the surrounding counties. So it's in my DNA to, to love this type of place. Um, and I do. It, it, all that, all that, that whole experience just gave me so much more uh, of a... It just showed me how much I enjoy this area. The beauty of it all and the changing of the seasons and... And what is around, and you know the crisp air when it's cold, and, and all that stuff. Uh, so it's it's interesting, very interesting stuff. I mean, when I when I lived here and was Berks County, I was like, I'm getting the fuck out, <laughs> and I did, you know. And now I, it, it's it, my my uncle, same thing happened with him, because I could, I like I was I'm a free man, I can go wherever I want. I'm still, you know, I'm still always inventorying. Like, do I want to make a move anywhere? We did a cross-country trip with my family. So my family is uh, five, five people. Me, my wife, three kids, and a dog. Uh, and since since then, well, we had a rabbit, too, when we took the trip. Somebody watched the rabbit. Since then, we've had another dog and a bearded dragon. And a partridge and a pear tree. It's like, come on, man. I, please stop. But uh, anyways, that, that trip across uh, country, you know, gave me this. I was able to see a good bit of country and, and take an inventory. Hey, would, would I want to move out here and stuff? And, um, yeah, it's all good. I mean, I, I can visit, but, like, I, I feel content. I'll, I'll feel content wherever I'm at. And I've gotten the way I was able to get over that whole human power thing was uh, one thing really. Once I heard it, it was like a, it was an experience, like an experience, spiritual experience type of thing, or an awakening. It was awakening more than anything. And they said, this guy said, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you know, for the rest of your life, you're gonna be with you for the rest of your life. There's no get. And I, I was like, no shit, right? <laughs> but it, but when he said it, I was like, no, oh, no shit. And then it, so you, you might as well become like you're a good friend to yourself, your own best friend, you know? I'm like, wow, stop fighting myself. Just be okay. That awkwardness and everything that I would feel late at night that I would have to run to a woman for, I just felt it. That's the thing around around. If you go through it, you never have to go. You never have to deal with it again. Um, you know, and I did. I had to. I had to step back and 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 not relate to the opposite sex for a little while because that was my thing. You know, and I. So I would start to talk to 
to the guys about it. And uh, just so, so I wouldn't have to act out. And, and then uh, after a while, like all that stuff just kind of dissipated, didn't own me anymore. I felt okay in my own skin. I was more of a man than I ever was. And this whole time too, the, what, one of my things was I would, um, you know, I'd have these trophies type things, different things from women and stuff like that, and, you know, all this and, and these stories, of course. And I always thought like, that's what made me a man. I always thought like when I belly up to the bar and be like, yeah, you know, yeah, I did this, and did that. And that's what makes me a man. And really all that is, that's I, definitely not a man. It was an adolescent. It was an adolescent. That's it. But being an adolescent, you think that's what, what that's what men do. Like that's what what it looks like. Uh, so you know, I got rid of all that shit, and uh, that's what kept me sick. A sick adolescent, all acting out that way and and thinking that way. So then finally, uh, and it was a. It, remember, I said when I did the inventory, I said, you know, this is something I'm not willing to give up yet. I yetted for about seven years. It's a long fucking time to yet. You know, <laughs> that's when it grows teeth. Like if you, if you want to yet, because what happens when you yet, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give this up yet. It goes in the corner somewhere, but it is getting fed. You know, and you think it's like skeletons in the closet or sweeping it under the rug. And it, it, it just, it grows teeth and it just, after a while, it poisons, it poisoned me and inevitably had such a hold on me. Uh, that's what, the, that's what this, it's a demon, I believe. I definitely believe alcoholism is a demon. And that, that was a way for it to get in and, and own me again. Um. So luckily, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to deal with it. Like, that's why I yet it, that part of my life. And finally, I was, well, I needed to. Like, it wasn't like I was a saint. Like, I, I, I was, I needed to say no. I wanted to say no, and I couldn't, man. I like, I was doing horrible shit. And uh, so it's not like, oh, you know, oh, I'm not doing too well in, in this part of my life. So I guess I'll, I'll get better with it. No. You know, I'm not that good of a person. Uh, I actually have to hit my head pretty fucking hard. Uh, just like when, you know, just like stopping the drink. So once you shine light on it, once you start talking about it, once you start uh, fessing up to it, uh, it all just disintegrates. It's kind of, I mean, and it's amazing. It's just like other defects. Um... A lot of times when you, when I, when I would, some of my defects, when I would just say them, it would be like the boogeyman. Like in my head, it was just, it was this thing with like teeth and would just take out a whole city block or something. And, and then I would just write it down even. I'm like, that? And then it would, it didn't own me anymore. So it's kind of uh, amazing how it goes. But that was my, the one that I uh, held on to that owned me. And it took some some real uh, pain to uh, to be to finally give it over. And uh, so, like I said, I had to lean and and get with the guys. You know, I wasn't running to women anymore um, because uh, 
Well, I needed to learn how to do that. I had all kinds of issues. I guess, you know, we'll have fucking issues, but, you know, my, my, uh, you know, my dad was an alcoholic when I was six or seven. He, they, uh, he moved out and, and pretty much stayed out because he was abusive, stuff like that. So, you know, all that, well, that's why I did this and this and that. Whatever. I'm, fuck off. <laughs> it's me. You know, I can say I'm an alcoholic. I'm supposed to drink and this and that. Yeah. It's time to grow up. That's adolescent shit, right? But get right with it, and, and then uh, it doesn't own you. Simple as that. Uh, and then, well, <laughs> I'll take it back to early sobriety, too. Just my thinking. is It was always the thing. It was always the thing with me. So I uh, learned about these steps, and, and uh, you know, I was like, oh, I want to do, what about this amends thing? And uh, so I called up my ex-girlfriend <laughs> and did the same fucking thing over again, you know. And that I felt like hell about it. Uh, and then I actually, again, got through. And then finally, uh, you know, the amends part is stay away from them, you know. And don't treat anybody else that way for the rest of your life. That's the amends. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I do, I try to do that. I do do that. It's interesting now because, uh, now I have my family. I have two, two young, two, two girls, you know? Um, and I'm like, yeah, thanks God. Yeah. So I'll get to see, uh, the other side of things. (laughs) And, you know, people would ask you know, oh, you're going to have girls, you're going to have a shotgun and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah. The, the, But really the thing is, and what I, I'm trying to do, I always want to be a good father because of my father issues, right? Um, so what I what I try to do is is uh, talk to them one-on-one and, and uh, you know, and even together and stuff and, and just give, let them know the value that they have. You know, and and to not accept uh, anything that would devalue them. You know, and just like that's the best way I can, because I know how it goes if if you try to control things and stuff. And, uh, when you say no and the whole thing, so it's uh, it'll be interesting when that part of their life starts opening, and then I have to deal with the other side and. And hopefully I don't see me, you know, with this, with sitting, standing next to my daughter. <laughs> but God's pretty interesting, and I'm sure it's coming down the pike. <laughs> but, you know, I got through it. Other people got through it. Again, it's life. It's not fair, right? Uh, JP would say, you know, his sponsor, it, it, you know, everybody... Nothing's new around here. Everything's, you know, taken from somebody else. But a fair, what's fair? A fair's a place to take your pick, you know? Like, that's that's the only thing that's fair. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I it, it took some time to get right to once I, I, I started bringing that thing to light. Uh, and it's, it's interesting 
like, so this is how it happens. And it, it says it in 12 and 12. And that was another awakening when I saw it because I lived it, man. It was just like, wow. Um, so I think it's in the sixth step, six or seven step. It says, uh, if we, these are all instincts. Our character defects are instincts. That's what they are. They, um, they, and, and they're instincts so we survive and live and relate and, and stuff like that. When we misuse them is when it all turns its ugly head and starts to to become a, de- a demonized thing. Um, so that's that's the problem. And and the way they worded in the twelve and twelve is if we put our instincts in front of spiritual matters, we've got the cart before the horse. And if that's happening, we it, the cart gets drugged back into disillusionment. Disillusionment is fucked. <laughs> like, you start believing your own shit. That's when you start believing a drink is no, no problem. Like, that, that, you know, the whole fantasy thing. I really believed, like, I screwed my best friend's fiance. I was like, I honestly thought it was going to be like uh, Ashton Kutcher, you know, the that 70s show. He was going to. He was he was gonna punch me, you know, and and be like you asshole, and then everything would be good, right? Delusionment, uh, just crazy, man. Uh, that is that's a scary place when you don't know what's true, and you start believing your own lies, and you're not bouncing them off of anybody. We're gonna. We're gonna start believing things that that are true just because we're that aren't, just because we're alcoholic. It's just how it is. That's why we need people to bounce things off of. Um, but that's really the and and typically that that's that's that cycle. We we think of this great idea because it'll help our instinct, but we have we may have it in front of spiritual matters. And then it drags us back into this disillusionment. And hopefully, you know, before we act out on it, we share it with somebody else and somebody else can be like, uh, you could probably do half of that and you'll be all right. But I wouldn't do all of it because now you're getting into a sticky situation. Because um, I have to remember, the best way I know how to live life is, is killing myself. Like that's that's what I got. I, I was in the basement before I got sober. It was my own jail. I was just existing. I ha- you want to talk about you know the tombstone eyes and the um, just just existing uh, and no feelings, fear and numb or uh, well fear but then anger and numb. It was fear, but I would act you know act it out in anger. Uh, that's that's what I that's how I know how to live without any type of intervention, without any spiritual, without God in my life, you know, without the help of others. Like that's what I got, and uh, I'm glad that, like I said, there's hope, and and I don't have to uh, to go at it alone, because going at it alone is uh, well, it's lonely, right? <laughs> And, uh, like, I'm talking to some guys, uh, 
one guy in particular, he calls it a fishbowl. It's like, I'm in the fishbowl, man. I was like, yeah, I get it. I'm in the basement. It's, it's crazy how we talk. Like, that's fucking crazy. But I, you know what I mean? Like, normal people, when I, when, if I'd say, hey, I, I, I lived in the basement. No, you don't understand. Like, I was in the basement. And this guy said, a fishbowl. You know, um, they wouldn't get it. And it, it just wouldn't. But I, I, like, I get it. He says, like, I, I'm here. I'm drinking. You know, I don't know. He doesn't want to do, like, go out to what he would normally do. Because they do all kinds of extra crazy stuff that he's trying to get away from. So, you know, he pulled away from that social clique. Doesn't really know what to do. Um, so he's, he calls, you know, in his fishbowl. He comes out, out on his porch, smokes a cigarette, goes back in, sleeping all the time. Existed, man. In that fucking fishbowl. It sucks. It, it, I mean, it sucked being in it, and it sucks to see others in it. And, uh, you know, I can only... I can only, One of the things that uh, I've heard, you know, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. But if you bring them around enough, they might be just get a little thirsty. You know, they get to see what what's going on. They might want to kind of jump in. But uh, yeah, I mean that whole disillusionment thing and just existing—it's still out there for me. I can't, I can't think that I got this thing. And I'll, uh, you know, I'll tell you this part too. Uh, midlife crisis, just turned 40. You know, my mind's like, yeah, what the fuck? Might as well, let's, let's drink, shake it up a little bit. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, life's too good. I was always good at that. Life's going good, let's throw a monkey wrench in it. It's just my mind. Like, I, I don't plan on doing it, but it does. It's like, yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, I brought it to him. It, it, there was some, some real thoughts and stuff about it. I didn't think it through, but I was th- glorifying the drink and stuff. And, uh, but I, I know, like, that's just hell. That's the truth. But the disillusionment thinking is, is uh, it's there and it's alive. Um, you know, so then after doing the thing, then you commit. And decide I'm willing that's what a relationship is it's about being willing I'm willing to be with you you know once you're not willing really that's it you don't have it it really doesn't have much to do about love caring you know those are all good things to express and stuff once you get into it it's about willingness just like here I think you know uh so being willing to, to be together and, and share life together and uh, accept each other, good and bad, just like my relationship with God, just like the seventh step, you know, uh, good and bad. And it can be tough dealing with another human being. And then, and then you can bring, you know, then you get into... Uh, creating a family now you have to deal with other human beings and uh, you know and then you have to learn how to live life totally different because it's like you have something in your life you're not quite sure you know like there is I guess you could read a book nowadays but it's still, 
they're not you can read that book but that was their kid it's not your kid when I learned about like once I had uh, my oldest I was able to kind of calm her down and stuff and and uh, kind of knew got got used to it and the diapers and the whole, the whole thing you know uh, and also having somebody else in my life you know it is cool but it's invasive <laughs> like they're there all the time uh, I can't just go do what I used to do or whatever trying to find that balance uh, learning how to do that and uh, and then uh, Molly comes along my, my second uh, child and and I, uh, I was like, you know, what the hell? You have one, you have two. Like, okay, you broke the seal. <laughs> yeah. And then, so I'm doing the thing that Lily would like to Molly. And Molly's like, still fucking crying. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm doing the thing with the thing. You got this and that. And, you know, why are you still crying? You know, I, the, if I was to read a manual, it would say to do this. And you're still crying. What the heck's going on? You know, it's a totally different child. I'm like, damn, I didn't see that coming. Really didn't see that coming. Oh, and the other thing was, uh, I tell, you know, young families and, you know, when they're starting to get the, 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 the nesting part, I fucked up. I put uh, the crib together outside of the room. So I went to move it in and I had to take the fucking thing apart to put it in the room to then put it back together. So, get a crib, you know. Uh, just be mindful. I mean, I can, you know, I don't know what what's to come for myself. I don't know what's to come for anybody else, but these are uh, real things and it's, it's, it's real life. And how to deal with it, how to deal with it uh, sane and sober, you know, my, my sponsor, he's great, man. Um, yeah, I mean, he's dying of cancer. It's, it kind of sucks, but... Uh, he, he, What he did say when I started this whole family trip in my life, he said, if you get through this alive, you did good. And I was like, all right, I think I can handle that. He didn't, you know, I, I was so glad to hear that. He didn't even say the kids had to stay alive. He said, "He said if I get through this alive, he did all right." So uh, that's because uh, I was thinking the bar was going to be set higher, uh, so I can live with that, and it's been good. I mean, like I said, I've ever since uh, my relationship with my father, I always kind of took a back like took took a good relationship or a way I've seen a father act with his kids and put that in my my storage bank and tried to apply it into uh, my family to come uh, you know one of the things that I do is uh, I do like a date day or night with uh, with all with all the kids really my daughters my son's a little different. We just go out and kind of wrestle around and stuff. But, um, and that's when I get to, to tell them, you know, one-on-one, how, you know, I do love you and stuff and also be mindful of things. And, and uh, 
so, so they can learn respect for themselves because I that's that's very important you know it, that was the other thing I, I was thinking I'm not gonna I got this 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 whole child rearing thing I'm not gonna teach them no I'm not gonna teach the kid no I will not give them the opportunity to tell me no and I'll try not to tell them no so it, it'll be okay then it'll, most of it will be yes um, but actually no is more important than I ever realized and, and that's that I actually need to tell them that yet that if you need to say no you say no right and when enough's enough uh so be it, but man, that try to try to really get that in their fucking thick skulls when they're fighting each other and stuff and this and that. She did this and this and that. And da, 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 da. I they want us to mediate like all the time. I'm like, you guys, you guys got 17 years at least to deal with each other. Figure it out. That's a whole new thing too. It's an interesting life. Life once you start living it after the thing and you start being committed and stuff but you know I I do I do love it Uh, I love life I'm living today and uh, I'm living it the way well the way I uh, it, it should be right there is no should be there is no normal but uh I'm trying to make the most of it and that's what I always wanted to do. Even drinking, that was it was about making the most of it. And uh, and it, well, the big book says it perfectly, and that's that's what I try to do and live by today. Also, is uh, try to uh, set ourselves into a place to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. Yeah. So, if I'm a fu- it, if I'm a father, father, I try to be a good father, son, good son, you know, all that stuff. A member of the community, whatever. It's, uh, it's about, that's, that's what a man does, right? Remember, I, that this whole thing was about being a man a lot. It's why I, I tried the human power to relieve me of my alcoholism. And now doing those things... It's really what makes me a man today, and uh, and more free than ever. Um, yeah, it's it's beyond my wildest dreams. You know, the whole rocket in the fourth dimension. Uh, every bit of it is is uh, really it is. It's beyond my wildest dreams because I didn't think I wanted this stuff. Now I got it, and I would never give it up. Uh, it's that's what beyond your wildest dreams is it's crazy how that works because i was like man i have some pretty wild dreams but uh you you get things that you never thought you wanted man they're so precious that you know you never want to give it up i mean and but realize too it could be so precious but it's god's got his will about it too i'm not there i'm there to kind of this is my sponsor says this a lot of times and this is what I try to do as best I can. So, you know, you're with you're with a child or whatever, and you can put this analogy in anything. 
and it goes you know you're walking down a park path and stuff and it starts to go off it off the path you know kind of into the where all the bugs and stuff are the hollow trees and everything they love that stuff right you're not gonna whack the kid and say get in the path you know you kind of just nudge him along with your hand you know and then they'll come back in like they don't even know you're nudging them um and that's uh it's beautiful beautiful way to live that's all i gotta say that's it that's all i got thanks Thanks for checking out this episode of the New Life Speakers Podcast. Please remember that our group is self-supporting through its seven tradition. Donations can be made by clicking the link on our website, newlifespeakers.org. Tune in next week for a new speaker, and thanks for listening.